Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to this edition of Tech Talk. My name is Nick Ellis. I am the PC Computer Guy, serving customers here in the local Indianapolis and surrounding areas, as well as remote customers all over the country. Our number is 317-883-7224. That's 883-PCCG. On this episode, we're going to be kind of talking about uh, cyber threats and all the stuff that's going on that's bad in the internet world and what you need to do to make sure that you're protected. If you listen to these tech talks regularly, you should have most of the stuff already covered. But for those that don't, this is a great overview of everything that uh, you should be doing just generally to keep your computer good and happy. Recently, in the last year or two, there's been a lot of uh, really nasty viruses. Before then, a lot of the viruses were just more of a nuisance. I can clean them up, take care of them, no problem, and you can move on. Um, it might cost a little bit of money to get it fixed. You might lose your programs, but you can save your documents and everything, which is usually the most important, precious thing that people have on their computer. However, lately, there's a, there's one really nasty one called CryptoLocker, and what it does is it gets into your computer and it locks all of the uh, files that it finds. It searches for documents, uh, MP3s, um, Excel spreadsheets, as well as uh, pictures. So I've had this hit a couple customers that weren't properly protected, and... Um, it really hurt. One guy in particular had, geez, maybe 20 years worth of pictures and things saved on his computer that were all lost. Um, what it does is encrypts the files with an encryption that's so strong that it basically takes more time than the universe has existed in order to crack the encryption. And then it do, it's called ransomware. And what it does is it says if you pay the ransom, then you may get the unlock code. Many people report that by paying the ransom, they actually do get their files back, but not always. Um and the ransoms are usually, they're, they're not less than $300, and often they're $700 or more. So you have to pay that ransom, and then you have an ethical dilemma. Do you pay this ransom to people that are obviously shady and uh, could be supporting things that are very detrimental to the world, such as terrorist attacks and stuff, or are they just bad guys out for money? And then you have to decide whether you want to support that or not by giving them the money. So it's a chance that you have to take if you want to get your files back. However, it's better... To avoid this altogether, there's another one that's called Game Over Zeus, and what that does is um, most of the viruses, contrary to popular belief, just like I said before, are annoyances. They create pop-ups on your computer. They might send out spam mail from your computer, and that tends to be the biggest things. They might actually break the computer, but um, they don't normally do hacking in the way that people think hacking happens. It's not Matrix style where some dude's sitting behind a computer and just breaks into your computer in two seconds. Well, Game Over Zeus, what it does is it actually looks for your bank account information, then goes to your bank and transfers money into these bad guys' accounts. It's the it's probably the most advanced virus that uh, has come out. And it's actually, I believe, written by the same people that wrote CryptoLocker. Um, the people that wrote this are are being hunted by many agencies throughout the world right now. But, um, yeah, they're pretty nasty things. And so you need to make sure you protect yourself from these guys. And then, of course, we have that uh, Heartbleed thing that a lot of people probably know about, but that's n normally not for home users to worry about. That's more for server administrators to worry about. But that's another place where information could be compromised, including your passwords. That's not anything that you can do anything about, but it's just another attack that's out there. So this these past couple years have been pretty pretty hot as far as security goes so by taking the time to learn what you should and should not do um and just at, at least have a basic understanding of things you can really go a long way it's kind of the equivalent of knowing that you shouldn't walk down a dark alley in the middle of the night in a bad neighborhood 
So that's basically what I'm advocating here. Another common thing that's happening more and more frequently these days are these fake calls from companies that claim to be Microsoft partners or somebody that that uh, says that they found a virus on your computer and they can remote it and fix it up for you. These are also scams. They do not happen. If you get unsolicited information um, for, say, a uh, credit card where somebody just calls you up and says, hey, we need your credit card number to verify that everything's correct, you should by now know not to give it to them. Well, the same thing for computers. If somebody calls you up and says that you have a virus on your computer, unless it's a company that you are paying to monitor your computer and you know of beforehand, it's probably illegitimate. Now, it's important to know that I'm not advocating paranoia. If you're paranoid when you're using your computer, then you're not getting the right message. But uh, you should ask yourself certain questions. For example, with the Microsoft phone scam thing, where they call and pretend to be Microsoft, you have to ask yourself a few questions. Microsoft is a company with millions, hundreds of millions of computers installed throughout the world. Why are they watching your computer? Do they really have time to watch and monitor your computer? Microsoft's not going to clean up your computer for free. That's not really the business that they're in. And how did Microsoft magically get your phone number? And, like I said, why is Microsoft even watching your computer in the first place? These are things that you can think without even being a computer person that that should raise some questions. And then what you can do, just like with the credit card scams, is you say, okay, well, I'm going to call Microsoft directly. And then you hang up, and then you call Microsoft, and they'll tell you, nope, that's not us, and we would never do anything like that. So some kind of common sense things are things that you should watch out for. The other very common thing, perhaps the most frequent thing, in fact, almost certainly the most uh, frequent thing, is the fake banners that tell you that your computer is running slow, that it's going to blow up if you don't download this program and fix it, or fake Adobe Flash Player updates, or fake uh, web browser updates, or things that tell you that you need to download a program in order to watch this video on the internet. If you have to download something to watch the video on the internet, then you don't want to watch the video. Just go away from it. That's, again, another example of an unsolicited thing that they want you to download in your computer. You wanted to watch a video, and then they said, well, in order to do that, you have to get this video player. Did you look for that video player? Nope. So if you didn't look for the video player, and it's telling you that you have to download something in order to watch it, run away. Run away really fast. If you notice, when you go to YouTube, you don't have to download anything as long as you have Adobe Flash Player, which almost everybody does at this point. Um... Which brings me to the other thing, Adobe Flash Player. If you go to a website and it says you a free Flash Player update is recommended, download this now. Did you go and look for the Flash Player update? Because if you didn't, then a good chance that it's illegitimate. Um, the best kind of advice that I could tell people, whether it's legitimate or illegitimate, and this applies for Windows, Adobe, and Java most importantly, as well as other things, is if you close all of your web browser windows, meaning your Internet Explorer, Chrome, Firefox, Safari, whatever you use to surf the Internet, if you close all of those down and the message is still there, then more than likely, not 100%, but more than likely is a legitimate message. So Adobe Flash Player does have a thing that pops up that says we recommend that you download the latest version of Adobe Flash Player or Adobe Reader, but that happens regardless of whether all of the web browsers are open or closed. So if they're all closed and the message is still there, then that means that the message is coming from your computer and not from a web browser on the internet. That kind of helps a lot in avoiding a lot of the fake messages that are on the internet. All they are is just pictures or graphics or flash animations on a website that's pretending to scan your computer. It's really not scanning your computer. It's just pretending to. And so that's the way you can tell. If you close your web browser and the message is still there, and you're certain that you're, it's entirely closed. All windows for Internet Explorer, Chrome, Firefox, or Safari are completely closed and the message still persists, then it is p- probably legitimate. Um, 
legitimate messages often pop up in the lower right-hand corner for Windows computers next to the clock area. So if you click down there and you see Java, Adobe, or Windows, those are the three key ones that you should update on a regular basis, then you can go ahead and update those. Here's the other thing. If you're not sure, it's better just not to run the update and not do it. If you really are uncomfortable with it and you're not sure and you're kind of skeptical about what's going on, you usually have to be four or five or six years behind before you start having an impact on your computer. Um, meaning that the updates don't um, uh, stop functioning on your computer. Now, most of the time, the updates are to fix security flaws and things like that, so there is a reason to do it. So you shouldn't just avoid all updates altogether if you have a reasonable level of confidence that it's legitimate. But if you don't know, just don't do it. And part of the reason that that's okay if you don't know just to not do it is because you should have a good antivirus on your computer. McAfee and Windows Security Essentials do not count. We like to recommend Norton Internet Security. That's the one that we prefer the most, but there's many good ones out there, just as long as it's not McAfee and uh, Windows Security Essentials. Not all antiviruses are the same, so please don't get attached to your antivirus like it's your child and feel offended if somebody says that your antivirus is not good and you need to get another one. They're telling you this not to, well... I'm telling you this not to make money because you can probably go and get it on the internet or from the store yourself. I'm telling you which ones are good and not good. Just like car manufacturers, some have better cars and some have worse cars. The same thing is true for antiviruses. So if you encounter something that may be illegitimate and you have a good antivirus, it should stop it for you. Now, here's the thing. Viruses and junkware are two different things. So antiviruses will stop the viruses, but they won't often stop the junkware. You can download a free program called Malwarebytes at malwarebytes.org. And then when you install it, you should not enable the free trial. It's a great software, and if you want to pay for it, please feel free to do it because they do tons of work for free, and they are... They're an amazing company that does amazing things. Um, but do not enable the uh, full real-time version because that will conflict with your antivirus. But you can download that and you can run scans, and that does a pretty good job of cleaning up the junkware that the antiviruses don't catch. But the antiviruses don't do that by uh, default because it's going to cause problems in other people's computers, so they kind of have to walk a fine line. So anyways, um, you have to know which ones are real and which ones are fake. And if you don't know or if you feel reasonably skeptical, then just don't do the update at all. And if you close all of your web browsers and the message still persists, then it's probably legitimate. You know where the updates, the legitimate ones are now in the lower right-hand corner next to the clock, not in your web browser. So, again, I cannot stress this enough. If it's telling you your computer's running slow when you go to a website and you close the website and the message goes away, it's fake, 100% fake. Don't download things that you don't go after from the Internet. If people solicit things to you uh, through phone calls, you almost always just hang up. Do the same thing with uh, web solicitations just hang up if it tells you that your computer is running really slow or that you have a virus in your computer and you need to download this to fix it you didn't ask for that information so just hang up so to speak so a lot of that information will get you to go a long way a good antivirus critically important lastly backing up your computer is incredibly important because no matter what you do, you can't have all fail safes in place. So backing up your computer is critically important. And using a good backup system is just as important. The customer that I told you that lost everything, he actually copied everything to an external hard drive himself, manually. He copied it, which is okay, except for the fact that the virus went after the, all the files on that external hard drive as well. So his backups all got corrupted. If you use a backup system like our Chronos True Image right now, as of right now, that doesn't mean that it's always going to be that way, but it probably will, those files would not have been targeted because our Chronos locks them all in its own kind of file format. So that crypto locker wouldn't have went after those files. 
Um, so I like to use Arcanus True Image as my backup software. Pay for some backup software. There's a couple free good ones out there. And if you search my site, PCComputerGuy.com, um, you'll find uh, uh, and search for backup, you'll find some information on that stuff. But please, 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 don't go cheap on the backup. If you if your computer and the data in your computer is important. I cannot stress this enough. Just, I mean, spend a little bit of money on your backup. Um, our Cronus itself costs $50 for a one-time purchase, and then you need an external hard drive to work with it. And, of course, you need to get it set up properly. So that's important as well. But so the external hard drive is going to run 100 bucks or something, maybe less, and the software is going to run 50 bucks. So you have backup for the next many years for 150 bucks. So that comes out to what? If you use it for five years, uh, like $15 or something per year. It's not too bad to back up and save all your precious memories and everything. There's pros and cons to the uh, local backup system, such as uh, Acronis. The uh, information, if your house gets broken into, they're probably going to steal your backup. Or if you have fire or natural disaster or anything, the information is probably going to get destroyed as well. Which is why there's another option, Carbonite or Mosey or uh, the Blaze. Or there's lots of different backups, uh, online backup options. They have pros and cons to each of them. Um, other free ba- uh, free backup software that I've never tried personally but gets good reviews is MacRim Reflect. So you can give that a try if you want. That's a local backup option. But the, the point here is have a backup of your computer and don't just copy the files to the other drive. I mean, if you refuse to do anything else, then you should just copy the files. But, I mean, it's really, I mean, saving all of your information for... Uh, such a small price seems to me insane why a lot of people don't do it. Now, if you just use your computer for Facebook and don't really do anything else, then you don't need to worry about that. But if you have things in your computer that you must keep, and this is up to you to assess, I'm not a salesperson, and I'm probably never going to work on your computer. But if you have pictures on there, and this is what happens all the time, people are like, oh, I don't need this stuff. And then after the computer crashes, like, oh, my God, I really do need this stuff. Don't do that. Don't lie to yourself. Figure it out ahead of time and do what you need to do. If you don't need anything, then don't do anything. But here's the point. If you have a backup, no matter what happens with all these really nasty things that are out there, you can recover the information. And that's the key thing. That's the one thing for me that's irreplaceable. It sucks if my computer crashes, but I can replace it. The information cannot be replaced. So make sure that you have some kind of backup in place if you have important things in your computer. I've talked about this for quite a while, which should tell you how important it is to back up your computer. So please back up your computer, have a good antivirus running, be a little bit knowledgeable about things that are unsolicited, that uh, claim that they're going to do magic on your computer and, and make it this blissful, perfect thing. Avoid things like that, unsolicited programs. And lastly, change your passwords once in a while. I know it is a pain in the, in the, in the, in the backside. Um, I don't like to change my passwords either. But that with that Heartbleed, for example, the hackers could have your password right now. It might take them six months or a year or a year and a half in order to get around to use it. Remember, I told you that Heartbleed was a server-side issue, not anything that you had any control over. So if they obtained your password and it's just sitting in their database and you don't change it, it's kind of your fault because you know that you should be changing your password at least once in a while. I recommend changing your passwords once a year. And for my password mechanism, what I do, um, the security experts say that you should have a different password for everything. And that's good, fine, and dandy, and that's the strongest, best way to do it. But not necessarily the most practical, at least for me and most people. It's just way too much work. I should exercise five times a week, and I just don't do that. Same thing with the password situation. But how about a happy medium? What I recommend is that you have three levels of passwords. One for your email and only for your email another for your financial stuff 
Um, so your banks, your investments, whatever, have a second password for that. And then a third password for your um, Facebook and everything else. So level one, level two, and level three passwords. So that way, if they get one of the passwords, if they get into your Facebook, then they can get into a couple forms or something. But they can't get into your Amazon because that will be one of the uh, possible financial things or something. So... Um, three levels of passwords and then what i myself do personally is i pick a password let's say i pick a password well first how do you pick a good password pick your favorite bible verse phrase song lyric or whatever and take the first level from each of that letter from each of that so let's say um um i just want to rock and roll all night the password would be i w r you get what i'm getting at i want to rock i w r etc um, and then after the first week of reciting that to yourself, as you type it in, you don't even think about it anymore. You just type it and it's like a word to you. And then make sure you add a number in there. Try not to add just one at the end because everybody does that. So I just want to rock and roll all night. Uh, say I, so maybe for the I, I would turn it into a one. And then for my level two passwords that instead of being a one for the first letter, cause I is like a one. So I would use I want to rock and roll all night as my third level password. Then uh, one, it, I would replace the I with a one for my second level passwords. And I would use an exclamation point for my level one passwords. That's just a, a, a so you're basically using the same password for all three things. It's just a slight variation on it. Um, and that will go a long, long way to protect you. So change your passwords once a year. Use something simple like that. Then you can at least have a good level of security. And though it's a little bit annoying, it's not like you have to remember 500 passwords. Um, there's also password managers online. Um, I don't use one myself personally, such as LastPass, but I have no beef with people that use those. So you can do that as well if you want. The problem is if they get your LastPass password, then they have all of your passwords. So there are pros and cons to that. But you do need to change your password once a year, along with all of the other stuff that I've talked about today. This is a very important tech tip, so that's why it's a little bit longer. Um, we covered a lot of different things, but hopefully this helps you to stay safe and secure. By doing these things, you should be in pretty good shape. If you don't do these things, then, well, you kind of, uh, since you slacked on it, can't really be upset when things happen. I mean, it sucks that there's bad people out there and they do all kinds of bad things, but these simple things are the equivalent of not walking in a dark alley in the middle of the night, but staying in a populated area. It's not saying be paranoid and uh, never go outside. It's just saying don't go into a dark alley in a bad neighborhood in the middle of the night. So hopefully this is useful. Um, my name is Nick Ellis, the PC Computer Guy. We service people here locally in the Indianapolis and surrounding areas, as well as people across the uh, country and even the world through remote access software. www.pccomputerguy, where you can find this tech tip with a written version of it as well, as well as many other tech tips, podcasts, articles, and so much more free information out there for you, as well as our services www.pccomputerguy.com or 317-883-PCCG. And until next time, happy computing.